The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to Beautiful Disasters. Uh, I'm going to preface this new episode with the fact that I think we finally figured out how to work the microphone for this podcast. We did it! Yay! It's been a situation, learning, a learning curve, I would say. This is our podcast. It, it is, <laughs> definitely. But now, uh, we're doing it right and not uh, recording off of the actual laptop, which we might have been doing for all of our other episodes. Maybe a few were on the microphone. Whatever. I'm the Groots. Fuck you, Hunter. And our guest today is none other than the creator of the GUI network, Mike the Hobbit Bicket. Hello! I am super excited to be back on again. It's been a minute, and I am excited to talk about this goddamn movie. Is this your uh, third third one? Yes. yes. Third one, yeah. Three I three. believe so. I will say also that it took you only 12 episodes to figure out your microphone stuff, whereas it took 41 episodes of Geeks Under the Influence before we got that shit under control, so you're actually well ahead of the curve <laughs> on how we do stuff. I feel a little better, except for the fact that I've owned this microphone for the entire time, and we're just now figuring this shit out, maybe. So, whatever. Eh, it's fixed now. So, I hope you guys what? have enjoyed the last, uh, you know, dozen or so episodes, and we still me. we still took time time and effort. I mean, you mainly to edit it and get this <laughs> those uh, sounding as kick ass as possible. I, I imagine from here on out, uh, everything will sound a little bit better. So, please do enjoy. But you know, new and improved. But you know what? If there is a uh, movie when we want to have the top sound quality on, it's the movie we just fucking watched. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, because what we just witnessed was nothing other than pure cinematic fucking joy. FDR American Badass oh. is our episode, which uh, will be released shortly before the actual GalaxyCon here in Richmond, Virginia... Coming up at the end of May, Barry Bostwick is the lead character playing Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and he will be at this convention. The so, Delanator. So uh, be excited. Yes. Because this movie is a whole fucking situation. It's... Please, please try to find a way to see this movie before GalaxyCon and tell him, give him all the fucking props. <laughs> If you enjoyed Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, you're wrong. Uh, this this is clearly the better choice between the two movies. There is so much badassdom happening in this that the title does not lie. It absolutely exceeds expectations. In every fucking way. Yes. From start to finish, this movie is a laugh riot. It is so fucking funny. It's vulgar. It is... Everything that you want in a genre movie comedy. 
I don't even know how to describe it. it it's there's laughable racism, laughable like everything that you would normally be outraged over. They did it in a really good way, though, that it was almost making fun of the ridiculousness of the time. Yes, most of most of it that it was definitely parodying the uh, the actual racism and and absurdity right. of the time. <laughs> Like, you can't legitimately get outraged over this movie because it is just so stupid. And it it knows what it is. Nobody's going to get pissed off over this movie because... Well, nobody should. Nobody nobody should. should. It's just so dumb. And it's so beautifully dumb. I love it. Now, let's look at the actual, like, setup here on this movie. The basic premise... From what I've what I've gleaned from it is that Franklin, first off, werewolves carry polio. Like that's the first thing that I learned. From yeah, that's this. that's the new thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, actually, that's um, I I don't know if they cover this or not. Uh, I've read a lot of books, a lot of uh, leather bound books, and actually, that's how polio started. Was that it was a side effect from werewolf bites? So goddamn right. Yeah, that's just history. It's you re- have you have to know these things. Read your history. This is a rich full movie teeming with little bits of insight into the building of this great country. And FDR and his skinny little hot dog legs. <laughs> the reason he was in a chair is because he was attacked by a werewolf, which he killed, by the way, with a little tiny pocket pistol. Yes. After he went fisticuffs with it. After a clearly not in appropriate era uh, sawed-off shotgun was used against the werewolf. That's correct. Yes. He lost two of his hunting buddies to this werewolf. It was a sad story, but he did prevail. And he did become a great president for this nation. He, he is American badass. Yes, he is. Yeah. If there is any movie ever made that is worth watching every... Fourth of July, while we celebrate, <laughs> it's this movie. The grandeur of of the United States of America, it's this goddamn movie. So, so, so FDR <laughs> gets bitten by a werewolf. They catch the polio b- before it gets to his dick. So his dick's still working. That was pretty. He was pretty adamant about the fact that his dick worked. He that wanted was that clear that yeah yeah is does my cock still work? Was the line. And uh, the doctor was, yes. And that was a relief. And, by the way, FDR apparently cusses like a methed-out sailor. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> does. <laughs> it, it's a sight to behold. The string of expletives that we hear from our former president is not only impressive, but uh, deserves its own uh, museum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. I don't know how much of the plot we can actually get through, because it kind of... Yeah, I mean, I guess we can just get kind of the gist of yeah, like, the origins yeah. of, you know, like, I guess you already talked about, but he's hunting and like, that's where we find out about the werewolf and gets the polio, gets the polio. I, I love it, though, that like we knew from the first like three minutes of this movie that like, holy shit, the dialogue <laughs> is fucking awesome. This one dude gets tackled by the werewolf and he goes i'm fat and, and weak and just fucking gets killed by the werewolf and then the next victim gets his chest ripped open and the werewolf fucking pulls out his heart and then throws that one of the guys and uh what the guys say 
yeah, just why why spend the time to do that? Like talking about like <laughs> why would you throw out a fucking human heart at me? Like that's pointless. Like, yeah, like why that was that really worth all the effort ripping open that human chest to rip out the heart just to pop me in the head with it? It's... No, it was just for our enjoyment. Yeah, which is what this movie is all about. Oh, this movie is intensely self-aware of what it is. Oh. There is no mm. point where it thinks it's being anything other than pure, unadulterated insanity. It's goddamn right. Ugh. Jesus. <laughs> also, at the beginning, where they're in the hospital room and they unveil the legs for the first time, begins <laughs> what becomes one of the most solid and consistent running jokes in the entire movie. Yes. As it shows what looks like. Tiny little kid legs that are like a wiggling. They're just a wiggling in bed. And he calls them his, uh, his tiny oh, like, shriveled up. Yeah, my, it was a tiny shriveled up. Uh, polio legs. Polio, polio <laughs> legs. And it's, it becomes this running joke through the entire time where he like a flasher at a Kmart rips off his blanket to show these wiggling, jiggling little tiny shriveled up polio legs throughout well, the, the movie. The uh, Mr. President, uh, his first concern though when he wakes up the hospital they tell him that he he has polio. Is uh, does my cock still work? That's literally his his question. First that line. yeah, he keeps asking the doc. He's like, all right, my legs might be fucked, but how's my cock? And the doctor's like, it's a valid concern. Yeah, yeah. That I would want just, to know that as well. The doctor was also concerned and assured him that he had one of his nurses check it out to make sure that it worked. So mm -hmm. it's good to know. Yeah, she smirked. Yeah, she did smirk. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a. Uh, Quickly, they tell him that there's a 10-year-old that wants to visit him. Oh, God. <laughs> in which FDR immediately is talking shit. He's like, oh, did he lose it in a heroic battle with a werewolf? He's like, no, no, just your regular polio. And he's like, I mean, all right, you know, I guess. But like, No, no, his response is like, oh, so not heroic is mine. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 bring the cripple in, you know? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he then proceeds to berate this child. <laughs> Yeah, because the child has a uh, comes in and starts stuttering, and immediately FDR goes, "Oh shit, am I gonna be like that?" And they're like, "No, no, no, that's something separate, that's a total separate." And thing. you're like, "God damn, really?" <laughs> and near the end of that scene with the kid, I think FDR, as he's talking to him, does a fake stuttering. I'm sorry. You're just like, "Wow, this fucking movie." There's so many gags and so many ridiculous jokes. I mean, we're not going to be able to cover him. No, no, because no, we're not. No we're way. not even I, to him uh, calling his run for presidency. At we're this we're point. at the first five minutes yeah. of this motherfucker. Yeah, right? and he declares he's going to run for president. At that point, yeah, there's a there's a crowd outside that's that's cheering for him. All ten people. All ten. The huge crowd of ten people with yeah. the homemade signs. I mean, one of which saying, "I want to fuck FDR." After a proper period of courting, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> they didn't have all the budget. Yeah. But he used it where he, it was important. Yeah. Meanwhile, his chief of staff, who is basically his right hand man, has secured this werewolf corpse, which the doctor shows him has a Nazi belly tattoo, I believe. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And has a bunch of like Nazi paraphernalia. By the way, Nazi belly tattoo is the name of my Falco cover band. There <laughs> so, you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. He's got a copy of mine. Oh, Ace of Base. That one's better. Ace of Base is better. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a copy of Mein Kampf and all this shit. And he's like, all right, we got to put this guy on ice. 
hey, load the corpse, uh, the werewolf corpse in the back of the car, and we'll, we'll figure this shit out. And that's going to come up later. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, FDR makes a successful run for president. Well, wins. He, well, because what he does is, I mean, he, he tours around. So he goes oh, to yeah. Pittsburgh and jokes around with the miners. And then we got to talk about when he goes to Baltimore and he goes to visit the dock workers. Oh, God. And, <laughs> yes. And holy shit. So he's sitting with one of the dock workers and the uh, dock worker literally starts going over the lyrics to Living on a Prayer. Yes. In, in tone of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> About his lost friend that no longer is on the docks with him. Tommy used to work at the docks all day. Yeah. Yeah. And just goes into full Bon Jovi lyrics. Wow. Yeah. That was... <laughs> and then FDR even says, it's like, I'm not going to leave you living on a prayer <sighs> to end the scene. It's so Bravo. It was so Bravo. random and yet so fucking amazing. I want to hug all the writers <laughs> for this movie. Just hug them like, thank you for making a stupid, awesome movie for us. Because <laughs> that's what it felt like this entire movie is that these are people that, A, we would be best friends with. Oh, we would, absolutely. We would hands down hang out with these people that wrote this movie. B, this is like something that I want to be a part of the sequel. <laughs> I, the, yes. I don't know what the sequel would be. Who, how, but, who do we contact? Yes, to continue wanna, the adventures of FDR. What American Kickstarter Badass. do we contribute to? <laughs> I'm mad that I just wasn't in a place in my life that I could have been a part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much where I'm at. We're so. running out of badass presidents to do this to. So we've got Abraham Lincoln. He fights vampires. We've got FDR that fights werewolves. I'm pretty sure that Nixon fought zombies. Uh, it was around the right time period for that. It so, could be. I mean, yeah. JFK fucked Marilyn Monroe. That's a good movie, too. That is a good movie. That but, is not the same genre, I no, think. No, no. Can we not. have, like, a JFK ninja movie or something? Like, get the same director? Or, Ooh, like... uh, space commies. There you Ooh, go. That's yeah. why we go to space. Yeah. For space commies. <laughs> we gotta get on the moon. All right. I'm down. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're, we're figuring out these sequels for you so we can help... <laughs> On the project, because we enjoyed it so fucking so much. So, FDR makes a run for president, and after Baltimore, he goes down to Georgia. Oh god! And the devil know went down to Georgia. That mm-hmm. goddamn right. And we meet the looking for a vote to steal. That's right. The yeah. favorite, my favorite character, the Repub of the entire movie. Oh, which is uh, Cleveland Buford. Which, and he is the best worst southern stereotype of all time. Of all time, yes. He looks like the suitor from Oh Brother Where Art Thou doing a really bad tombstone Doc Holiday impression. See, and I, I called that. I, I told him, I was like, this sounds like a really shitty yeah. Doc Holiday impression. It's so good. And he's so over the top. Oh. And his wife is such a little whore and he's, he's offering her he's to... pimping her out it's i i don't know what to say it's the way, so fucking good the way these characters are introduced is the wife comes up to the car where delano's in with with melons like musk melons yeah <laughs> some honeydews uh in in her hands and delano goes nice melons 
And she said, thanks, they're, they're, they're raised right here in Georgia. And he, meant, and he goes, I meant the tits. And she goes, so did I. <laughs> and at that point, you know, shit's about to go wild. Oh, yeah. There's a wonderful sequence where Buford invites them over for dinner. The dinner was hilarious, but they end up in a hot tub, in a hot spring. A natural hot spring. Natural hot spring. That Native American women go to to uh, finish their <laughs> finish their their uh, their monthlies or their monthly menstruations, <laughs> which warms the spring up. It's like what the actual fuck. Oh. But it also repels werewolves because of science. I don't because of know. science because werewolves you know smell blood. They love blood except for apparently. Native American women menstruation <laughs> in hot water, I think was the thing. You know that werewolves hate hot water. I hope people are taking notes on this. Yes. All right. This is... yeah. So, and then he recounts his interaction where he got his mild case of polio because he can still walk with a cane from a werewolf that... He was taking his, his nephew, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's <laughs> right, because it's all connected Taking his nephew, Jimmy Carter, on a camping trip. And all you right. see is a silhouette and a tent of Jimmy Carter in this flashback and here. Oh, jeez, guys, there's a werewolf! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and... fucking Mickey Mouse <laughs> at eight. Is what this Buford like. gets bitten on the leg Hold and he and he pulls... Luckily, luckily, he always carries his, sil his silver cheese knife tucked into his pants at all times. So he stabs the fuck out of the werewolf. He stabs the werewolf once like, I have killed you, sir. <laughs> what kind of garden party pickup line is that? Like, do you want to see my silver cheese knife that I keep with me? Look, I mean, you at know all what? Times. Anybody else? Dead motherfucker. This dude, that cheese knife came in fucking handy, all right? He's, he's, he's alive to tell the tell. That is true. Yep. That is true. Good, I, sir. Mm. <laughs> I love this character so much. And they obviously bond heavily. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna do whatever he can to make him the next president, and that means if him you, and his wife suck every cock in the state of Georgia. FDR says, "Will you be my vice president of hot tubs?" <laughs> and Buford loses his shit and basically, yeah, offers all the blowjobs. It's snotting on himself, like it's so. Crying with pride and happiness. I think Groot's brought up like this is he was doing his uh, his Oscar clip where he tells this heartfelt story and then just starts crying and then starts snotting and drooling and <laughs> it reminded me of Matthew Lillard at the end of SLC Punk when uh, Bob is dead and he goes I don't have any friends and there's snot bubbles coming out. It's that level of just absurdity. Yes, it's outstanding. And this is the precursor to FDR's presidential win where... He, he fucking did it. He did it, but you start realizing that he got all the states in the South. Like, I, I guess he, he was running against Woodrow Wilson, <laughs> who, only got, who only got, like, eight states, and he got every other state in the Union. Well, he's got someone going down there sucking everybody's cock. Of course they're going to vote for him. I mean, Goddamn right. Now, I love... They're listening by the radio, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. Yes. And it's announced FDR is going to be the next president. And so they start freaking the fuck out and partying it up and, like, 
FDR grabs some milk, is pouring all of himself. His advisor grabs a thing of jelly beans, and you're like, all right, they're, they're getting kind of crazy. Um, then FDR's son is so excited that he dumps out the flowers out of the uh, closest vase near him, and um, his whole way of celebrating is to take a massive deuce in the fucking... Yeah, again, I that was fucking random as shit. Now, I partly understand this bizarre celebration only because up to this <laughs> point there had been prohibition. So there was no booze to thoroughly enjoy outside of the, the nice moonshine in Georgia that they And enjoyed. again, the milk and the jelly beans go for it. Still not really sure about the sun taking a huge shit into a glass. So maybe so. you just haven't enjoyed life properly. Ah. That moonshine that doesn't taste like asshole grease? Yes, that <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> You've never been so excited that you shit in a vase? I think uh, that's where the term comes. I'm so excited I could shit in a vase. You've... Well, I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt took her damn bra off. She did. Ooh. She was excited. Yeah, it's true. So then we get to, uh, I guess, the villains of the movie. It's FDR's was just named president, and then we get to, oh man, all right. Oh, here okay. we go. All so, right. um, Hitler werewolf is the first one. And then there's Mussolini werewolf. <laughs> Which I'm impressed with Hitler werewolf that they're able to actually still like the, single out the stash yeah. with an entire face full of hair. That was impressive. Right. I mean, it's important. And the Hitler Werewolf has the you know fake German accent and everything like that. You know it's you're pretty covered. Bad. You're pretty covered in the it's a German uh, it's a Hitler werewolf, and then he calls his buddy the Mussolini werewolf. Ja ja help me. Who then has <laughs> the most exaggerated Italian accent? And just in case you're like, wait a second, he's eating a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yep. straight up like out of a Mario Brothers movie, like the the spice, yeah. the bowl. Yeah, what are you really, talking about? It's it's deeply and, and almost like a challenge. Yo, yeah, it definitely is. And of course, when they three way in oh, with man. Hirohito, <laughs> then you get the grand champion of this unbelievably bad, borderline racist. Like, oh, it's definitely stupid racist. Uh, when he answers the phone with, Haral? Haral? Oh, and you knew bad. as soon as he answered the phone, okay. Whatever stereotyping they were doing with the Thai guy, they were going to fucking just, just go for just it. Just go all full the on. Yep. Their world domination plan involves <laughs> adding werewolf blood to different forms of alcohol. Of course, the Italians are going to put it in their wine. The Germans are going to put it in their beer. And there's a big laugh about the fact that the the Japanese are going to put it in their sake, which they're like, oh, that is so gay. <laughs> that is so dumb. Nobody likes sake. That's the joke. Running throughout the whole movie. Yes, the, the sake is for, I think, what is it? Women and homosexuals, I think is what... <laughs> now, now, Werewolf Hitler does have one line that uh, I wrote down where um, he says something, and he's like, you're preaching to the gas chamber on this one. Oh. 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 And oh. It's, it's lines like that that just go, okay, here we go. Well, there was a, one line with Mussolini where he's like, so he got the, he got in the polio, Yeah. Doesn't the caca work? <laughs> it's like, oh no, it works. The last thing we need is a swinging dick in the White House. 
Now, oh my god! My question I is wish for you. we had video for this yeah, part. You <laughs> did. Yeah, that was, that was solid. Oscar. That was Oscar worthy. You man. did the Chef Boyardee yeah. logo. This is the spice in the meatball. Yeah, Sorry, I mean it was. Now, <laughs> I don't know what you're pausing for. That part, was amazing. really funny. <laughs> being partially of German descent and partially of Italian descent, do you have trouble doing exaggerated versions of those, or does it make it easier? No, it makes it totally easy. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have license for that. <laughs> no, I mean, not as far as, like, like morally. I mean, like, actually in the inflections. Oh, no, I've definitely, right you know, I mean, I've seen all the movies, I've, I have the relatives, like, it works. And Hunter's seen kung fu movies before, so we're covered. Yeah, there we go. We're, oh, we're, yeah? We're oh, yeah. Okay, no. No, no, no. no. All, no, right, no all right, no, all right. No. I'm say there's a sequel. <laughs> there is no point where you're allowed to call people round eye. That's not... <laughs> no, no. That's not... So, <sighs> I, I guess we, we have to move on to the fact that the U.S. authorities need to figure out what the fuck is going on, and there's a beautiful scene... Where FDR gets brought in oh. to meet with Douglas MacArthur, Dougie, Dougie Mac. He calls him Dougie Mac. And, oh. and dumbass Albert Einstein. Yep. Way to go, Albert Einstein. And they're finally going through all the issues with the werewolf. And they're going over the fact that all this alcohol... Has been poisoned. There are cases all over the nation with beer and wine. And they caught one random case of sake that nobody drank. <laughs> they just kind of laugh away. Like, no, I that was also that tainted and they laughed about it. So, yeah, we've got Ray Wise, one of my favorite dudes ever. I knew you were going to be fucking happy as shit when he showed up. Playing Dougie Mac. Dougie Mac. <laughs> Douglas MacArthur. Dougie Mac. And he is just like, fuck yeah! <laughs> what I love is that he's, he's talking to FDR, and then Einstein would say something, and he keeps saying, shut the fuck up, Einstein, like, over and over again. Like, just like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> and they talk about, like, oh, so we had these cases. What happened with them? It's like, well, he's like, well, we killed them. And FDR's like, is that legal? <laughs> and he's like, we're the United States government. <laughs> Of course it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> they just laugh it off. Uh, so this kind of sets up this, you know, what would be World War II in this universe, which I fucking wish was the actual. Very, yeah. It, I mean, it's pretty, so pretty historically accurate. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the werewolves and, you know, a few other things. But now, pretty historically accurate. Now, is this the time where they shit on World War One? Because I feel like that was a deeply important yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, There was that. They were like, yeah. That was a pussy war, I think is how it was described. Basically, yeah. Yeah, this is the real deal that they're about to get into. Yeah. But this shit's getting real. Real enough, they uh, they give FDR uh, the ultimate weapon. Yes. The, uh, what, chair? Delano, the Delano, Delano 2000. And the reason it's named 2000 is because it will send your werewolf foes into the next century. <laughs> it is full of several hundred rounds of silver, silver bullets, and it has two rocket launchers, which are literally made out of five dollars worth of parts <laughs> parts from Lowe's. Like it, lo it looks like aluminum tubing that you would use in your attic, but they made it look gold and swanky. I was waiting for the tubing to cough out some of the lint from my dryer. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. But he had a pimped out wheelchair that yeah 
And of course, uh, the very next scene is him putting it to use. Oh yeah, those those goddamn Italian werewolf mobsters are trying to get their shit through. And oh no, it's FDR. Yeah, look at that. What are you gonna do? And yeah, and he he fucks up their shit. Believes one of them to send a message. Tell back. the tale yeah. a la natural born after killers. after the Italian werewolf. You know, begs for his life. It says he will suck at the dick. You I'll know. suck at your dick. I'll suck at the, your dick. I suck at your dick. <laughs> We're oh going to hell. <laughs> and they were playing that operatic song. I don't know what opera it's from. It's like, it was so fucking funny. Oh, man. I don't even know. So, the, the FDR rolling back and forth in his wheelchair as there were like dueling machine guns attached to the wheels. Just firing off at werewolf mafioso Italian dudes, bringing in werewolf infused wine, and that is a phrase I've said now. Yep. Yes, that's a thing that, that I happened. said that I didn't come up with on my own. <laughs> that's right. And he fires his rockets, and he literally is rolling in his wheelchair against a green screen of explosions, laughing his ass off, smoking his you know cigarette thing. <laughs> yeah. Fucking A, dude. It was truly a cool guys don't look at explosions moment. That is probably the most patriotic thing I've ever seen in my (laughs) goddamn life. So he leaves the one. Italian werewolf goes back. Tells Mussolini. Shit's fucked up. Mussolini then calls up his other pals. Because they're going to fucking war. They decide they need to spread werewolf to the neighboring countries. So that's true. Yeah, and, Hitler's and like, I'll take you know. Well, Hitler takes a break from his beer pong with a topless. <laughs> oh yes, uh, a topless German woman, Mädchen. N- yeah, Mädchen. <laughs> um, in beer steins. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I guess I agree on. She, she had a corset, an underboob corset with, <laughs> with a swastika, swastika on yeah. it. Just hang out. I can't with this movie. This movie I know. Breaking Hobbit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. There's that scene, and uh, Mussolini is doing his thing. And of course, uh, Hiro- Hiro- Hirohito is practicing his. Uh, oh, fucking man. Japanese steakhouse skills. Almost by, like, yeah, Iron Chef style. Like, by like, flipping a fucking shrimp into his hat. Oh, it's, oh, it, oh. it's so racist. I love <laughs> this movie. Oh my god, it's so dumb. But so they, they make an agreement. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to regulate us in. Right. Regulators, mount up. Come on, guys. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> So Hitler's like, I'll get these motherfuckers in Poland and build up this army. And Japan's like, oh, I'll say it just normal, my voice, not... Probably better. I'll take China. And then uh, Mussolini's like, and I'll fucking get Ethiopia. In which the other two pretty much make fun of him for trying to just conquer Ethiopia. Calling it a bitch move. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we're taking actual nation states that are important. Yeah. So I guess they go attacking those. We get back to the States, and uh, Roosevelt's got a new ally he's got to talk to. Mr. Uh, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. <laughs> Who was like, look, man, you need to help us out. We're the only other English-speaking country 
you know, we don't want us full of fucking werewolves. I don't know where the danger in that is. Yeah, but... like, <laughs> and they bring up about Ireland. He's like, <laughs> literally, Winston Churchill's like, Irish potato fuckers. We don't worry about them. Like, yeah, they just <laughs> check off cool. as many statements as they can in this movie. They're covering all bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the war ensues, and. At one point, I guess it's going uh, a little bit poorly, and all the while, FDR has a black sort of what? Butler? No, Butler. They call but, him yeah, the Butler. Butler. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And I, they even make a joke that his last name is Freeman, and and <laughs> FDR goes, "That's ironic, isn't it?" <laughs> Oh, there's oh. nothing they hold back on. God damn it! And it's and the actor playing the butler is uh, uh what's his face? Um, oh, Tufer from fucking Thirty Rock. Yeah, That's, yeah. Who follows me on Twitter? Oh, Next really? Week. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet at him later. Yes, well, you, you have to. Yes, you do. Yes, I'm going to. We are reviewing his movie, <laughs> and you do. And he basically lets FDR know that GW George Washington had some stank ass fucking weed, good shit, in a bottom drawer, some sticky icky. As, as the kids say. Damn right. And it's fucking... It's there. And he needs to reflect on his presidency. Goes down to the stash. Grabs a, grabs a fucking blunt. And starts just, smoking. Just toking the shit out of it. He's stressed, man. He's, he's, you he know, is. He is. You he's know, at I George mean, Washington's stash to help him relax. He's, you a, know, war, he's historically a, accurate, again. So. He's a wartime president. I mean, you know... Shit's shit's rough. Player, player, pimp to pimp. Goddamn right. <laughs> and he gets a visitor. Oh man, this and is where <laughs> this is where Abraham Lincoln fell apart here. Played by Kevin Sorbo. Kevin comes into play. Fucking Sorbo. Hercules is goddamn Abraham. Kevin, Lincoln. God's not dead, Sorbo. <laughs> and he's gonna drop some fucking wisdom. On FDR. By the way, as they're just shooting the shit at the beginning, he says, Mary Todd had to go to that play, bitch. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Thank you, Kevin Sorwell. I know. I know. Like every... The truest depiction of Lincoln that's <laughs> right. ever happened in cinematomic history. Every fucking scene of this movie is pure schlock gold. Wow. Yeah. It really is. It's offensive. It's funny. It's stupid. But here are the nuances, especially with the butler. There are multiple moments where there's offhand remarks making reference to the fact that there's a black butler by the butler. Like, <laughs> well, I'm going to go be black in the corner now. Like shit like that where it's obviously making a complete joke out of how absurd and ridiculous and well, awful it is. Yeah, absolutely. Like the first FDR radio broadcast, which, of course, was a thing that he did in real life. Yep. Of course, the butler's... Scratching like he's a fucking DJ from 1983. It's fucking hilarious. And FDR is hip to that. He's like, that's that's some good shit. I like that. Goddamn like, right he is. I, he may or may not have said the straight dope at some point. I think he did. I think he did. As FDR would do from I time mean, to time. Yeah. Historically accurate again. So, also, so tie, tie and booze. Uh, Fireside Chat is actually a beer named after the Fireside <laughs> Chat from Twenty First Amendment Brewing Company. It's a, a winter seasonal that is quite delicious. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. And so, of course, at one point in the uh, Abraham Lincoln FDR 
high scenario. Which is awesome. They're just laying there sharing a joint. On what, the roof Pass. of the White House, yeah. I guess? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're on the roof, and then, like, Abraham Lincoln's like, <laughs> let's go, good. man. Let's, let's you go You want to see something cool. I you want to see something cool. But the way he presented that, he's like, you want to see something cool? Like a fucking stoner, but it's... Fucking Abraham Lincoln. Like where you figured yeah. he's going to pull out a $1 yeah. bell. And Check like, this shit out, man. Man, man. He's in the corner, man. So he starts flying like Superman, <sighs> carrying FDR in no, his pushing. wheelchair. Pushing. Yeah. Pushing. Fly pushing. Fly pushing. Yeah. Fly pushing yeah. his wheelchair through the air. And, of course, they pass by a window oh. where... Oh. Oh. Some, and it, <laughs> some black dude is fucking a white girl, and he's like... He sees Abraham Lincoln. He says, emancipate that ass. <laughs> After the gentleman. <laughs> you, wanna, you say it. You, you, After the gentleman's like, hey, Abe, thanks for freeing me. I'm fucking this white bitch. <laughs> <laughs> emancipate oh. that ass. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, 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 <laughs> oh. I don't know if this is the podcast that is going to end our podcast. It's very possible. <laughs> but, you know, it's... If anybody takes this movie seriously, they're doing life wrong. This yeah. movie clearly isn't taking itself seriously, so nobody yeah. should take this movie seriously at all. God it, oh. Marco, polio. Oh. I mean, whatever. <laughs> By the way, we forgot the whole part where the secretary for the president um, has a uh, hot dog leg fetish. I, I want to say this probably happens... After that, I think right that's, after. No, it's right before. It's right before. Is it right before? It's right before because. Oh uh, Jesus! Yeah, she uh, decides to start massaging his uh, his little shriveled up polio, polio legs. legs. Yes, again, which comes from him. He says that's his words. She's had a thing for fucking hot dog legs. So. She was like the Coney Island state champ hot dog yeah. eater or something. Or so there's like some weird leg massaging. Yeah, and part of this comes from the fact that like. I guess Eleanor Roosevelt has been super distant and disturbed by the fact that he has, like, fucked up polio legs. And they've made a point of this in the movie a few yeah, times. She, she always says, I'm going to tend to the child. I'm going to go tend to the children. Which means that FDR hasn't, you know, other than Georgia, had any action, probably. For a while. A from, while. From his girl. So, yeah. This particular scene is his first foray <laughs> into uh, a little bit of tender Which it goes from fucking loving. weird to, like, kind of weird to what the fuck. She pulls out ketchup and mustard, starts spreading them all over his fucking little hot dog legs. And, you know, I don't want to shame anybody for their kink. I mean, your kink may not be my kink, but that's okay. That's totally fine. But... There's a borderline that this is just past where, like, polio leg hot dog ketchup mustard kink is a little bit more than I felt entirely was, comfortable with. Yeah, there you go. Again, historically accurate. Historically, um, clearly. But uh, Eleanor As we've Roosevelt, seen in etchings. Now, yes, um, as you have with these movies, uh, you know, you're going to have the moment when Eleanor Roosevelt walks in and sees this and is fucking devastated. It literally says, uh, it looks like Eleanor Roosevelt's going to have to strong arm a hoe, in which she fucking smacks the shit out of the secretary, <laughs> gets her out of there, and then that's when all this shit comes down, where FDR's like, bitch, we haven't done shit, and she's like, it's your silly polio legs, that's why I can't do it, and uh, she's, he says, I'm calling you out, 
I know when you say I'm going to tend to the children, you're just fucking trying to get get away from me. And it makes the most dramatic. Oh. It says, I have to tend to the nation. It was, that's the Oscar clip. That's his, mm. yep. Yeah, that's that's straight, the, the centerpiece of the trailer. Oh, absolutely. Before. So, uh, I'm trying to think what happens after that. So, well, at some point after that, he decides that he needs to be part of the war. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he, hmm. he needs to be in the first plane that, because America has to get into the war. Because got to uh, see the president as a leader. Well, I mean, Winston Churchill, they're having a bad time. And he's like, I need some help. And they're like, <laughs> and they kind of muddle through a lend-lease sort of situation. Also, I want to point out, this is the only movie I've just ever seen in my entire life that fucking glances over the nuclear bomb drops in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, whatever. They're like, oh yeah, uh, Albert figured out the thing he was working on. And then they're like, oh, cool. And that's the last you fucking hear what of it. What was painted on the bomb? Was it Saki Bomb? Saki Bomb. was. Yeah. <laughs> cuts to Albert Einstein painting Saki Bomb on the side of the bomb. And then a that's shit, literally it. Well, and a but, shitty grin from yeah. him, like, looking back at the camera. Just to add that little bit in, so. I love it. But that's, that's the only movie that had it as a one-liner joke. <laughs> the nuclear bomb drops. And then it's like... Anyway, back to this fucking special episode of Star Trek where the captain goes on the voyage. Uh, let's Basically. get that fucking going. And I think there was only one Jew joke from Hitler. <laughs> no, it's the... I think he made a couple, but... They were very minor. so many... Yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't a so big thing. There's so many jokes that you kind of miss. Like, it, this definitely has rewatch appeal that's amazing, because you, you, oh, you yeah. pay attention to one joke and another one gets thrown at you. So. Yeah, the 4th of July, this is happening. Oh, yeah. Again, for me. So... FDR is piloting, not just on board, but piloting a bomber, the first, uh, I, I guess apparently the first American bomber going over uh, into the, into World War II in Europe. As presidents are wont to do. Yes. And yes. it's his prerogative. And, of course, as he's flying over into, I guess, Normandy... There's a small bunker with both Hitler and Mussolini, which is poor poor choice to have both your main leaders just right there in a bunker together. together. Yeah, firing a machine gun. One one machine, one machine gun. gun. Yes, into the air. But Hitler's really good at it. All right, at He's... a uh, at a plane coming in, and of course Mussolini's just like helping with the belt. <laughs> That's yeah. not actually moving because this yeah, movie has shaking no it. budget. Yeah. Oh, this belt's really moving. Or I'm just shaking it with my hand and these are plastic bullets. And the uh, the CGI like mm. muzzle flare. It's hilarious. Oh. And they're trying to shoot him down. By the way, there's no other planes. It's just FDR's planes. Just yeah. it's that FDR's plane. Yeah. It's that one. It's yeah. not a... Because this time it's personal. It's not a fleet of planes. It's not an <laughs> armada of freaking bombers. No, they send an our American president in a wheelchair... In one plane to take down both Italy and Germany well, by is, himself. By himself. Well, he is the American badass. All he right? is I the mean, American. I mean, clearly. Yes. Yes. Obviously. This is this is the story of how I mean, he, he earned that. He moment. literally told his uh, best friend uh, who went. He was like, "I'm going to go with you," and he said, "I'm a motorcycle of death. I ain't got no sidecar." <laughs> Goddamn right. He's doing this on his own. Goddamn right. <laughs> 
And I think the guns on the plane take out Mussolini, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I've been a shot. I've been a shot. I know. Because then he says, as he's dying, his one wish was to actually go to America and open a family, a uh, restaurant that made, you know, people feel like family called an olive and then... Garden. Garden. So, those dreams will never come true for Mussolini. Which is the nightmare for my wife because she worked there in college. <laughs> but this is also historical proof This that Olive Garden is run by fascists. So Of course it is. This episode brought to you by, by Olive Garden. When our you big, come here, our we're biggest family. Sponsor. Our biggest sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unlimited salad and breadsticks. Goddamn right. Oh, Jesus. And so the plane is shot up by the one machine gun that Hitler is yeah. is on. Hitler, he's a good shot. So. so Although, without Mussolini there to shake the plastic bullets <laughs> next to the gun, I'm not sure how he's able to get it to work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, regardless, yeah, the plane is damaged. So FDR needs to bail out. And at the last moment, he's dragging himself down... To get to his belly crawling, belly crawling. Just, uh, who's gonna? Uh, he's not gonna make it. Like we're, we're, I'm worried. Like the plane's gonna go down before he gets he's, out. He's not gonna make it. He, like he needs to get to his parachute. He needs to get to his chair. Also, who stored the chair halfway down the plane from where he was piloting? Technically, just, technically, since he got in there himself, he did that. So he got on the plane, got out of the chair, ha- ha- belly crawled to the cockpit. Halfway down the plane, he gets out of the chair and then belly crawls to yeah. the pilot seat. Yeah. One would assume, yes. Yeah. Maybe there weren't enough straps. There's a small box, chest, and out pops Buford. And he's like, has a martini in his hand. And he's <laughs> as, like, as he always does. Hello, sir. I am here to help you. Or whatever the fuck he says. Just in the nick of time. I mean, in the like... nick of time. Helps FDR get in his chair, get his fucking parachute on, and they both jump out of the plane... Like heroes. Like heroes. Except for the fact that Buford does not have a parachute on. He realized halfway down. Halfway down, as he's keeping speed with FDR, who has his parachute out. And right. he's coming towards the earth at what you would figure would be a parachute pace. And Buford is next to him, without a parachute, going the exact same speed. <laughs> able to talk clearly in casual voice. Well, as you... Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're He's falling southern, down, you can talk. and he was drinking, so he has more weight. So <laughs> physics... <laughs> I mean, you have to just kind of suspend the disbelief. He, he's going to be falling at the same rate as a parachuted president with a wheelchair. I Alcohol has bubbles in it. Bubbles are, <laughs> tend to float occasionally. It's the Willy Wonka theory. It's the Willy Wonka theory. There you go. Good, good job. Exactly. <laughs> we, we just fucking figured that shit yes. out. Yes. Fucking nailed it. God damn Historically it. accurate. And he's right. like, That's I am Batman 66 style deduction there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, little buddy. <laughs> and he says goodbye. It's like, I am dead, sir. And then he falls to his death. And... <laughs> <laughs> FDR lands, and what machine guns and like fucking rockets? Hitler did. Yeah, he like, just he just goes all out. I feel like this is a fever dream. Like no, we we watched it. We all experienced the same fever dream. That's what's great. I've about this seen movie. this movie enough times to know exactly what you're saying, <laughs> and to still kind of disbelieve that I've seen this movie a bunch of times. So I don't know, man. <laughs> So evil's 
taken care of. Evil is vanquished. Yep. Uh, they don't really mention anything more about Japan. They're like, eh, <laughs> yeah, <that's> yeah. Clearly, <laughs> there's a soggy bomb for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So apparently, the president is missing for like a week or two. Seventeen days. Seventeen days. Why do I actually? I remember the exact. That's a <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I'm sorry, sir. Was, uh, I believe it was 17 days. That is a weird mutant I know. superpower. That's the thing I remember. Is, yeah. So, Eleanor's pretty upset. She's she's hitting the bottle pretty fucking hard. And yeah, yeah. Everybody's pretty much thinks he's he's a goner. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he has a wheelchair. You know, halfway across the world. There's a good reason to think he might not have made it with the plane crashing. Well, you gotta have a happy ending. And FDR, American badass. Yeah. Is badass enough to survive anything and does come home. Yeah. He bitched a little bit about having to use a wheelchair through the deserts. Like, the sand was a little about That's a lot. It's hard to push through sand. But uh, he does come home, and uh, Eleanor is excited to see him enough that it rekindles their sexual relationship. I'm going to ride you like a Kentucky Derby horse or something <laughs> like that, I think it's said. Yes, she does. And... All is good. There you go. That's the fucking movie. Right? FDR, American Badass. I am done with this movie. That's <laughs> Jesus. Oh Christ. man, there. Are, yeah, yeah. There's definitely you know there's some people disasters we watch, and I'm like that was good one time. I'm I'm good. And there's some movies like this that this has got to go in my collection. This is just too fucking good. It's so absurd, and it's oh. so fun, and they made it for people like us. Exactly. They really did. Oh, this is for genre film fans to just get a good kick. It reminds me a little bit of, you guys have already done the episode on Dude, Dude Bro Party Master 3. Exactly. Yeah. It's in that same camp of, these are people that are a fan of genre film that decided to do both kind of an homage to and parody of at the same time. Yeah. Goddamn right. Yeah, this is that absurdist 80s... Over the top action. Well, and I, I read something where the director, I think, said that this was kind of a like an answer to um, like we were talking about Lincoln Vampire Hunter, you know, like like that take take a popular character person in history and let's just have him kill the shit out of some werewolves. There you go. Meanwhile, I don't ever need to see Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. No, again. you don't. It's 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 yeah. not that. No. It's it's so so. It's not bad. It's not. Bad. It's okay, but it's, it's not anything. It's like. The movie, as far as vampire movies, Priest. Right. I saw it. That's a thing I did. I wasn't mad when I was done watching it. I don't Priest does have one of my favorite lines of all time in any movie, though, when they hear the ice cream truck call up. And I think it's Tyrese. I could be wrong. could be another, you know, bald black guy. But he says, do you hear that? Do you hear that? It sounds like, pause, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? yeah. That's a very important well, line. You, yeah, that really there you go. drives the plot. That might forward be the best part of that movie. I'll be honest. I thought that movie was pretty fucking terrible, but that line, I lost it in the theater when that. No, happened. Priest was not great. No, but it's it's not as good as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. But I finished it. and I went, yep. So I'm done with that. Uh, just like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> yeah. The comics, though, I will say the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter comics that the movie is based off of yeah. are solid. Where's our okay. FDR American Badass comics? Ooh. Oh, I'm yeah. waiting. Uh, if this guy doesn't make more movies like this, he's 
he's disappointing <laughs> me forever. Like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, this clearly takes place in an alternate history because not only, I mean, FDR gets the polio, but A, everybody knows that he is in a wheelchair. That's like known right off the bat, which was not the case with FDR um, after he got polio. He specifically had like stands and shit so that he could stand up at podiums so people weren't aware that he was in a wheelchair. This is before television was really right. all thing. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, also, werewolves. Apparently, people were like, yep, yeah, okay, so I know there's werewolves. I'm just surprised they're here. You know, just they were surprised that they were a nuisance in the States, I guess. That's an overseas yeah. problem, all right? Well, that's I not mean, an American let's problem. Let's let them right? handle their yeah, issues. That's a that's little known overseas. fact that werewolves cause polio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm you know, it not everybody knows that. Alex Jones hasn't covered that yet. <laughs> yet. He yeah. will next week, you know. I just learned something. <laughs> Frogs are gay and werewolves <laughs> yeah. cause polio. Watch out for werewolves, people. And they we're... will give you polio. <laughs> Werewolf frogs will give you gay polio, <laughs> yeah. which is the worst of the bunch. <laughs> it's all conspiracy. <laughs> I will fucking watch this movie once a year, every year, because it is a goddamn like genre movie religion for me now. Yeah. It is my favorite patriotic movie of all time. <sighs> I don't know about favorite, but it's up there. We're for putting sure. the flag up when we watch it. That's all mm. I can say. Goddamn right, man. This America, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. This movie is unriffable. This is unaudio commentaryable because it's so slam packed with amazing dialogue and jokes right. that you're gonna step on something that's way funnier than what you're saying by do- talking during this movie at all. Right. And I'm gonna preface this episode release with a disclaimer we're gonna try we're gonna preface at the end of the episode that uh exactly okay we're gonna preface at the end okay uh we're gonna try to find a, a clip to show at the con but if we don't we're just gonna mention the fact that we did this episode yeah fair enough one or the other we're gonna do it barry boswick's gonna be at galaxy con this is coming out before the con i'm fucking excited I am too. I'm fucking stoked. Jesus. What I'm excited about is uh, I know that FDR American Badass is on either like Tubi or Pluto TV or one of those Roku channels. Yeah, I'll say it might be Tubi. It's on one of those. And if you get the chance to watch it before GalaxyCon, check Dude, it out. It's... Get a print or something. Make mention to him that you saw his amazing patriotic movie. Because we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want I want the FDR American Badass fans to outnumber the Rocky Horror fans that come up to him, which won't happen. Yeah, it won't happen. Won't but. happen. But. I just hope like when you go to certain celebrities and they have their table and they have their you know pictures and mini posters, I hope Barry Boswick has FDR American Badass like photos or something because oh he'll have one yeah or several yeah it's that good and he should be proud of his achievement. I want to hear him at his Q&A talking about how weirdly Richmond, specifically, has the <laughs> largest number of FDR American badass fans out of any convention there he's been go. to. Let's like, represent. It's bizarre. Represent. Represent. So, uh, just real quick, I, I mean, uh, is there anything you can think of off the top of your head to pair this up with? You know, I, I was thinking about this, and... This is tough because it's such a schlock flick. Yeah. And it's such a send-up of so many genres. And 
I was having a hard time because like the only thing that I could think of off the top of my head is something I've mentioned before in a different podcast. I'm about to say the exact same thing. It's I know. Goddamn Black Dynamite. Fucking right. That's exactly yeah, where I was going to go. It's such a fun, over-the-top send-up of genre movies with a joke every fucking minute. Every part of that script is like this movie. I, you know, honestly, I have to agree with you. That's exactly where I was going. Is like, you got to do, you got to combine FDR with that Black Dynamite. I mean, it's perfect. I, you know, if I had more time and was maybe a little less inebriated, I maybe could have thought of something else, but I but did not prepare. I'll me. be honest, because I know you brought it up on the the. Dude Bro Party Massacre, but yeah. I think FDR actually fits better as a viewing with Black Dynamite than Dude Bro Party. I yeah. honestly like I yeah. would say. Yeah. I could see that. I would say it's such a send up. So I've I got mean, a weird pairing. Yes. Um a actual animated TV series. Ooh. Uh, that would go with this. It was on ADHD, the Fox animated uh thing based on a comic book that I actually introduced my nephews two years ago that I'm obsessed with, called Axe Cop. Oh, and it's like a regular oh, cop, oh, but a cop with an axe. And the cop is this stoic. Uh, the animation is voiced by Nick Offerman. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's Nick Offerman as Axe Cop, which is the bushy, mustachioed cop with a fireman's axe that has Dinosaur Soldier as his. No, Dinosaur Soldier is his uh, partner in the comics. But he's got an assortment of all these different friends that are like bizarre. It's based on a comic that was written by a six-year-old kid whose older brother was a comic book artist and they shot he shopped the story with his brother long enough where he started drawing panels for it and they turned it into a book and it's like a fever dream from a six-year-old's like biggest nightmares there's t-rexes with machine gun arms that rocket pack to the bad guy planet that's just outside the orbit of earth and there's a cop with an axe and Dinosaur Soldier, which is a raptor does, with sunglasses. That's all and a good pairing. I mean, like, yeah, honestly. It's, it's bizarre. Oh, my God. Yeah. I need to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... I, the comic's pretty crazy. I've read the comic, but I haven't seen the show, so... The oh, show is amazing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's a perfect pairing. Yeah. Perfect. It's that level of just absurdity. <laughs> all right, so we're going to try to wrap this one up here... One segment that we have not revisited in a long time is uh, schlock abuse, which is apparently on me. Uh, <laughs> uh, some episodes ago, Fuck You Hunter uh, assigned me to watch Deathbed, which I have not watched yet. Yeah, so do it, man. We're going to get back on that shit. And uh, we might have some mini episodes coming up in the near future. Look forward to uh, this episode and an episode on Taming the T Rex. Should be uh, debuting uh, right before GalaxyCon. I hope anybody that does listen to these episodes comes out in Richmond, Virginia to GalaxyCon at the end of uh, the month of May. It's going to be a bunch of fun. And uh, I will say that uh, we do have some some options for merch on tpublic.com. We have shirts for our podcast and all the other podcasts in the Geeks on the Influence Network. The whole GUI family. The whole family. The whole family. Uh, Hobbit, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Well, two things. First off, I just had you, Groots, on a episode of Smack My Pitch Up where we rebooted Big. 
That shit was uh, fun. It was super fun. I'm really excited to get that episode out. Uh, that should actually, I think it'll, it might be out before this episode comes out. So check out GUIPodcast.com to uh, get the link. Just look up Spack So we're in the up. future then, talking about the past. Yeah. Ah. Uh, look at that. Ooh, podcast <laughs> I'm kind of freaked out right now. Also check out on uh, GalaxyCon. Of course, we've got Geeks Under the Influence Friday night. Uh, Saturday morning is Geek Father. Saturday afternoon is Beautiful Disasters. Sunday is Smack My Pitch Up, um, which I'll be doing The Karate Kid with uh, Kyle Smash of Smash Talk. Goddamn and then right. uh, Sunday I'll be on a panel called Adventures in Podcasting talking about the ins and outs of starting your own podcast. Then, right after you're done with GalaxyCon, come out to the Dark Room in uh, the Hofheimer Building in Richmond, Virginia for a free show, 21 and up of Booze Clues, our other show on the network, where we talk about the world's most spirited headlines from the last month and, uh, well, riff on them, basically. It's a lot of fun. It's a live audience thing. There's participation-ish uh, in it. But <laughs> it's 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 a fun kind of improv comedy show, basically. And it's People been... a lot of dumb stuff with a drunk. Yeah, and also the last <laughs> episode, episode two, that came out, Fuck You Hunter, was one of my uh, co-investigators. Yes, yes. The first one up, we talked about some uh, Nicolas Cage. Which, again, ties back into this podcast. Absolutely. We covered his movies. We could probably cover like 10 <laughs> more of his movies. But, Oof, uh, yeah, yeah that, was, that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, talking about the, uh, Mr. Cage and his oh, uh, yeah. drunken antics. So. There's tons of stuff happening on the GUI network. We've got eight shows now, so just keeping up on the social media on GYPodcast.com. It's the best way to keep track of that stuff because it's there's so much happening now. It's ridiculous. Like always, thank you for listening. Keep checking us out. This is Beautiful Disasters. I'm the Groots. Fuck you, Hunter. Hobbit. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>